you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, hey, hey do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the group? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. It's me, Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin, and we are about to go over AEW's Dynamite uh, episode this past week. Uh, just go over. We haven't talked about this in about two weeks, I want to say, so it's about time we got back into it's some AEW. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, you know, there's been a lot of changes, a lot of things going on. We got FTR that's on the show now. Um, we've got uh, Cody defending the title now for the second time. Um, so a lot of fun stuff going on in the AW side. But, uh, yeah, definitely excited to talk about this and kind of recap uh, things that we've missed for a little bit. And, and, yeah, just get into some of the stuff that happened this week. Um, what, what are some of your general thoughts about how AEW's been so far these, these last couple? I think after All Out, they've been rocking on all cylinders, especially Cody, man. Man, I got to give, give it up to Cody. I like how he's using that, you know, even though – John Cena or just one of the WWE creators who came up with that that concept of the open championship and I'm glad he's bringing it to the uh, not the WWE but AEW side uh, and showing giving wrestlers a chance and this is cool too and then the other caveat to that too that I heard that he's going to it's going to be like an open challenge to even to the other promotions not even part of AEW too to uh, to Cody's open challenge for the TNT TV championship. Yeah, I think the the open challenge concept is pretty cool. Um, you know, John Cena, I guess, made it somewhat popular for his time period. I feel like it, it, it probably existed before John Cena. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things like he made it kind of famous and cool to do it. So, you know, I, I'll give him credit for it, too. That's that's totally fine. But, um, yeah, Cody, you know, doing this with the TNT title, creating this title for, you know, almost like a workhorse uh, going to be defended every time it's on television uh, kind of thing is cool. And, yeah, I, I hadn't heard that about it being open to people like free agents and other, you know, people at a different promotions. So that, yeah, it's a great concept for that belt. I really like that. Um, you know, so that's been really cool. Um, I mean, I guess just to get right into to the show, because the, the thing for me is, is really been FTR, you know, and seeing them um, on on uh, AEW television, uh, the team formerly known as the Revival, uh, making their, I guess, in-ring debut uh, here in this episode of, of uh, Dynamite against the Butcher and the Blade. Um, now, not to get into too many too many details of it all. I mean, they they had a great matchup, and at the end, they they pulled off a, a great victory um, over the Butcher and the Blade. Um, I, I think what I took away from it, a couple things. One is FTR stands for Follow the Rules, which I think that's kind of interesting that that's their their name, and I'm curious how they're gonna use that and play with that. Um, you know, with that with that whole thing, because when they were in WWE, that was kind of one thing that they did do was say, hey, no, no uh, flips, you know, no like going off the top you know, or I don't know. They, they went off the top a couple of times, but they wanted to keep it to traditional wrestling, tag team wrestling. Um, and it seems like they're trying to do that here, too, with just being more traditional 
versus you know doing all the extra frills. So you know, I, I do like that. It's it's a funny name or a funny meaning for that name because we know what it stood for before. But you know, I, I dig it. What about you? Yeah, me too, man. You know, uh, putting a new meaning behind the FTR, but even though we know what the original meaning was. Uh, it's cool that it got a new concept to it for the AEW side, but I'm glad that we got uh, the formal revival here. Uh, what the what are their new names now? Cash Wheeler. Know, Cash Wheeler is one of them. Dax Hardwood. Hardwood, I think is the other one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's correct. Cash and so, Dax. Yeah, ca- yeah, basically almost the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is cool, man. But I'm glad they're in the tag team division, man. This is like the strongest tag team division in all of wrestling right now so it's only fitting that you know you get the top guys for it yeah and and here at the end too the young bucks uh came out and and basically you know just kind of reaffirmed that this matchup is going to happen there's a little bit of a slow build that they're doing to to it and um i like that the um that ftr is is almost coming to their defense anytime they get jumped but there's still this rivalry it's almost like this respectful rivalry um so i like that and then, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how um, how uh, the tag team champions factor into this too, Kenny Omega and, and Adam Handman Page, because you know that's that's the natural next step. Um, but first off, I think you know definitely Young Bucks versus FTR, just getting right to it. Let, let's see that. You know, I, I kind of I like that uh, as their first major maybe pay per view matchup, if you will, and, and kind of build up slowly to that. Yeah, man, because uh, it's it's a really strong division. You got a lot of top teams: Kenny Omega, uh, you know, Heyman Page, best friends. Uh, I can't wait for that match. I believe what is it? Is it next week? Are they setting that up? I think it's well. The the tag team title match. I thought it was for Fighter Fest, which I'm not sure when. Oh that yeah, is. it is Fighter Fest. Yeah, right. It's, right. it's like a two yeah. two night uh, two week event. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then you got, you know, the other uh, side of that, too, the tag team. You got Kip Sabian, too, as well, uh, part of that. Uh, so, yeah, man, this is, this is definitely full of action, the tag team. Yeah, I mean, the, the tag team division, you know, we've been saying it for a while. Many people have been saying it for a while. It's, it's clearly the best tag team division in, in wrestling right now. And to add a team like FTR, it's almost an embarrassment of riches at this time. So now, you know, I think part of the, you know, <laughs> the problem that they could run into is maybe too much talent, you know, which is a good problem to have, but it's like, how do you take care of all of these different tag teams? Because you do have so much talent. Um, It'll be really interesting to see how they try to balance everything out. You know, I think of a guy like Joey Janela, for instance, and how they're trying to give him some TV time somehow, some way. Now they're doing these little cut scenes uh, showing, right. You know, showing him, you know, his story. He's at the bar. He's drinking, you know. (laughs) So it's like, all right. You know, just arrived from uh, sunny. Yeah. You know, and then it just says to be continued to see where this goes. Right. Right. So maybe, you know, that things like that would be kind of smart to do just to mix it up and and give everybody just a little something to 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 be able to to create a story and to build their characters one way or another. So, yeah, it's it's a good problem to have for sure. And they seem to care enough to that I would trust them to to make it work, you know. And, and I think it's 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 exciting. It's definitely for us fans. I mean, we don't lose in it. It's it's more it's no, it's them. It's a win win, right? Well, for us, for sure, it's a win. For them, I think you know when you have so much talent, I think part of what helps too is is just the way that the the you got the young bucks are, are the 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 
top, I guess, creative minds when it comes to the tag team division. And they, being wrestlers, they kind of understand maybe some of the frustrations that wrestlers will have when they're not on TV, when they're not wrestling. And so that understanding might breed some trust, you know, amongst the people in the back, amongst the the, the boys and, and the girls in the back to say, hey, they're thinking about us, you know, so... We, we shouldn't get too frustrated if we're not on TV you know, one week, two weeks, three weeks. Like, they, they will come back to us. Or if we go up Even to the... a small story, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that, that they, they definitely, you know, in my mind, that's what I'm seeing that, that kind of makes this work versus a WWE who, you know, when you're not on TV, you're thinking, oh, well, Vince has totally forgotten about us and we can't yeah. get in the room with him at all. So... Prime example, Ricochet. Right, Exactly. You know, just just you'll be gone and then you don't know what's going on, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, we'll 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 see how they balance it out. But so far, so good, I would say. Definitely. Like, you know, we're, we're as fans, we're definitely winning. So I'm, I'm down for that. Um, funny thing too happened uh, just to move forward from that. So this backstage interview that happened with the natural nightmares and Brandy Rhodes and Allie. Um, I don't know, man. Like it was, it's, it's speaking of like having some small stories to kind of tell for everybody. QT Marshall having this story oh, yeah. with Ali is, is pretty yeah. funny. Um, Mitten by his, by his new girl, bro. Man, but here's, so <laughs> what I thought was funny is I actually felt like defensive of QT Marshall in this whole thing. Like they're really? mad at him. Yeah. Cause they were mad at him for having her there, for giving her the jacket, but you know, it's like, okay, let, let the man live. Like, you know, he found this girl. She's, she's all about him. Yeah. Maybe she's using him, but now we're just assuming like, let him, let him have his fun. And even uh, but I see the other side of that too, because you got to think about, all right, you know, Hey man, I got to make sure you're focused. Cause these last couple of weeks, you know, when Dustin's been on, been in the ring, you've been having sidebar conversations with your new chick, not even focusing on what's going on, not even having your boys back. So I can understand you know, the other side of that as well. Yeah, I, I can understand it. But I felt like in that moment, there might have been, I don't know, it just felt like they were just completely, like, giving her a jacket. Like, Brandy was mad that she, they, he gave her a jacket and that she was even there for the interview. And it, For the family. But, right, but that's if that's his girl and he's seeing her as part of the family now, like, he should be able to give her a jacket. I mean, you know, ironically, Cody came out with a T-shirt saying, we are all family, right? You know, and... <laughs> Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, not not Allie, apparently. Allie is not <laughs> part of the all when you say we are all family. Oh, uh, man. Now, not to totally misconstrue it, the, the T-shirt is to support LGBTQ, you know, and, and it raised funds for just, you know, for everything going on with that community. So, you know, it's a totally separate thing. But, you know, it is funny that if he is saying you know, hey, I'm interested in her and, and we're together. So I'm like, you know, she's now, can't she be part of the family? You know, it, it just, it just, it was just funny. It was funny to me to see that. I was like, man, let the man live. Let QT live a little bit. So, you know, that was I think this is where AW can excel, man, with these subsidiary stories, man. Because uh, you don't see that on the WWE side, but I see like, AEW, you know, small stories here and there, just enough to get the to pique your interest for a character. Like prime example, how you were just talking about QT Marshall, yeah, you know, with his new girl Allie, but you saw the the subtle stories, you know, getting to that point. You know, yeah. uh, the previous weeks, he's just being distracted, smitten by his new girl, have nothing to do with Dustin, 
in, in this match or Brandy trying to have Brandy trying to tell QT, man, pay attention, look. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But he, <laughs> he's talking <laughs> with his new girl. But I just like that AW shining a light on the, the subsidiary stories. I do. I do, too. And I, I it comes back to that earlier conversation about the tag team division and kind of an embarrassment of riches. The one thing that I that I guess they're going to have to figure out is as they add more talent, because there's so much talent out there in the world that's still, you know, out there waiting, you know, that that's hungry to get on a in a company like this or in the WWE, you know, when they start to sign more wrestlers. Like, how do you balance all of that? Because there's already some people who it's, it's you can kind of see it, like a Joey Janelle who is not really on television as much, and they're trying to find a way. But then if you add another ten wrestlers, you know, ten guys, ten girls to the roster, it, then you just you just add more people who are going to be wanting that time. So they they were talking about a second show potentially, and I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, you know, I think yeah, I did hear about that as well. Right. So if, if they if if they do add more talent, I think that that becomes a very real thing for them to look at and say, hey, you know, let's let's do this second show right now. I like that. It's just one. Just keep it focused. But you add more talent, you know, especially with all the, the releases we had, um, you know, early uh, a couple months ago, you know, with the well, from the WWE side. If a lot of those you know, superstars want to jump over to the EW side, then, yeah, you're, you're going to need more either. Adding another hour to the show, which I really like the two-hour format, um, but adding another hour or just ha- adding another show altogether. Just, uh, just do another show because if you add another hour, now we get into all right. This is a little bit of WWE when they made the mistake of adding a third hour, and they thought it would be great. Even I thought it would be great at first, but saw how bad. I'm like, okay, this is a terrible idea to add a third hour, uh, but. I I think AEW, it, it would probably suit best for them to go that route of adding a second show, just but maybe just an hour though. I think I think I would I would much prefer a, a second show. Um, now I guess playing devil's advocate though, with it being AEW, if they did add a third hour, I feel like they would use that third hour more effectively than Raw does. You know, I just feel like right. the the storytelling that they're doing in AEW is better than their the storytelling that we get typically from most of raw and you know if they were to, to keep to that quality of storytelling in AEW a third hour I don't think I would mind it it's like saying you know um you know take your favorite movie you know from the past year or so and you know if, if they were to tell you like for instance Endgame for for me right like I loved I loved all the Marvel movies but just take Endgame if someone were to say hey Endgame was going to be four hours I'd be like sure I, I waited ten <laughs> years for this man I, make it five hours you know like if yeah. you got good storytelling yeah. I'm all in so for for this yeah if AEW you know keeps with that consistency around the storytelling you know in that same level of care around the storytelling. And they added another hour. Yeah, I'd be I'd be for that. I think they would do a good job. Um, in my head, I'm thinking a second show would be cool because then you could play with the brand, you know, loyalty and like you know have the the old whole like you know this show versus that show and competing within in yourself. I like that. And then just getting more time and giving more room to breathe to certain matches still, even though you add so much talent. So it's 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 a fun kind of thing to think about when it comes to AEW because again they just seem to have a different level of storytelling and care than you see on Raw and SmackDown to be honest yeah man uh, I, I guess that's a good point right there I, you know I didn't even think about that I'm thinking more of a 
you know, because the negative impact that burning image in my brain with Raw did to me, because I, I remember Vince McMahon, what was this, 2012, and he announced that we're going to add a third hour, thought it was great, thought it was a good idea, and I saw how quickly that, that was a terrible idea, you know, and we've been doing this for going on, what, eight years now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. for, for, for three hour Raw, <laughs> uh, but you know, and, and now I'm like, all right, I don't want three hour shows. Just give me two hours. And then if you want to do AEW, just, you know, if they want to add another hour. You know, that's cool. And that that's a good point. You know, they are good with the story, good with building stories and giving us stories. So that does make sense. But I would prefer a second show to expand the brand. Yeah, I think that'd be great for them. And, and we may get to that point a little bit later on down the road. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what how that develops as they continue to add more more wrestlers more more stars more talent to the roster um to keep it moving through the show here i'm just gonna mention a couple things so now the rose and penelope ford they had a tag team match against hikaru shida the current aew women's champion and chris statlander um they ended up like penelope ford actually ended up getting the pin in this matchup over hikaru shida Seems like they're starting to establish maybe Penelope Ford being the next person in line to get a title shot, which would be pretty cool. She's currently fifth, and with that win, maybe put her in fourth. That might move her up. Yep, that might yeah. move her up, which, you know, get get some new uh, new matchups going for the title. You know, I like that idea, so, you know, why not? Let's let's give Penelope, Penelope Ford some time to shine in the championship hunt. Uh, Nala Rose still look dominant. Uh, Chris Statlander is, is still talented, but to have Penelope Ford in there as kind of the new blood for the title, I think that'd be pretty cool as a, as a matchup. I don't think she wins, but I think it's just nice for her to to at least get that opportunity and to shake things up a little bit for for the title. Um, we had a vignette, a little video uh, with um, Darby Allen over at I guess Tony Hawk's uh, warehouse. Uh, it, like it was pretty cool. Um, uh, a little uh, video short film with Darby Allen trying to do this this uh, stunt where he did a jumped off of a ladder while on the skateboard and then landed. A lot of takes for that. Yeah, it was it was a couple. <laughs> it was a bunch. Maybe like right. four or five yeah. different takes that they showed us. You know, yeah. and then the last one. Uh, he's resilient, though. He never gave up. He didn't. But some of those, too, man, I'm like, man, he's going to hyperextend his knee. Like, it just hurt me to watch. Dude, that was hard falls, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, put on a helmet, please. If I'm a, an AEW executive, I'm like, whoa, who greenlit this? Because he's doing this for no reason. Like, this right. isn't a match. This is just him. Like, right. come on. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm like, all right, man. I get it. You're, you're a skater. Right. You, you, you like to be reckless at times, but come on, bro. I got you on the contract. Come on. Put a helmet on at least. Put some put some pads on, some elbow pads, some knee right. pads. <laughs> Tony Hawk, too, was, was funny because he – well, so Darby Allen was saying, you know, I'm not medically clear to wrestle and I don't I don't care. You know, and Tony's like, hey, you don't need a doctor's note to, to skate here, man. Have fun. Have fun. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, so if this dude is telling you that he's already somewhat hurt, you're just going to go ahead and let him injure himself more by doing this? Like, I don't know. I just thought that that was kind of funny. And again, being a Tony Khan or any AEW executive, I'd be watching that being like, whoa, cut production on this right now. Like, this is not happening. We're not letting him get hurt. 
Phil Darby comes to my office immediately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. William Regal would not let that happen. I'll tell you that right oh, now. Oh, hell no. Darby Allen. Plus, there actually is a video of Darby Allen. I think it was on his Instagram feed or his Twitter feed, but I remember seeing the clip a couple of days ago. And he said, you know, he was talking about how he, he doesn't, you know, he's not medically clear yet. But he's at his house and he's in an apartment complex. He had to be maybe the third or fourth floor from a balcony. He's jumping off the balcony onto the ground floor pool, bro. Yes. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. See, it's <laughs> funny because like in the NFL or in the NBA, I'm sure you get fined for some stuff like that. Like they're paying oh, yeah. you millions of dollars and then yep. you go and, and, and take unnecessary risks like that. I mean, he's living his life. He's young. He wants to have fun. I, yeah. I get it. But you're also getting paid a lot of money to do a job. And if you get hurt off the job, taking a risk like that and there's video evidence of it, like, man, that that's. I don't know. I don't it know. was a reckless video, bro. Yeah. Very reckless. I was like, oh, my God, man. Really? Like, I get it, man, but just be smarter, you know? Well, no, Maybe it, that's just the old man in me now. No, I, I agree. I'm thinking the same because it, I'm just thinking, too, like, all right, so let's say something happened to Darby. And I know, like you said, we're sounding like old men right now, but let's say something happened to him. He... Like, we know how cutthroat this, you know, business can be in general, let alone the wrestling business. You think you're irreplaceable until you actually can't do something. And then you realize, oh, wait, they replaced me pretty quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, you would say guys like The Rock and Stone Cold and all these old school wrestlers who were just the top of the mountain type of guys that there was there'd be no way WWE could survive or these wrestling companies could survive once these guys retired or stopped wrestling. Yet. Here we are, you know, years and years later, and it's still going on. The wrestling world is still moving forward. So if he gets hurt, you know, and and they, he can't wrestle for a while, they will find somebody else to fill that spot and they will move on. And maybe you're not as popular as you were then. And it, it's just there's so many things that could go wrong for him. Like, I feel like he should protect himself a little bit more, you know, to yeah. make sure that they can't, you know, I mean, yeah, it's AEW, it's a little bit different, you know, you're all friends, it's cool, Cody's in charge, the Bucks are in charge, but it's still business, so no, you just gotta, I gotta say something, at least, Cody, come on, man, you're, yeah. you gotta, you're like the locker room leader, say something, speak up. Right, right, so, I don't know, and it, I, I want him to have his fun, but at the same time, man, be safe, because you got to protect your money, you got to make sure that you can get your money, that you don't do anything that endangers that, because, you know, when you don't have it is when you really miss it, so just just make sure you're taking mm-hmm. care of yourself, um, but yeah, man, that was that was a little, we took a lot out of that little vignette, but yeah. it was, I guess, a PSA. Because, you know what, we think of so much of Darby Allen. we think of him as the future, and we don't want him to jeopardize his career like that off of something you know, yeah. something that could be really silly and stupid right. at the end of the day. Right. Like, you got hurt doing that. Like, it, I, it, I would really be upset if I heard Darby Allen tore his ACL filming that video. I'd be like, really? <laughs> like, he's out six months because he did that? Oh, man. Like, come on. Like, that would just suck. So, or worse, you know, if he was, he was hurt even more than that for, for that. So, yeah, man. So, 
Darby, you you don't need to take that unnecessary risk, man. Like save it for the ring and and make your money, make your money. All right. Uh, speaking of making money, Britt Baker, uh, she's still making money, even ironically, while injured, still finding a way <laughs> to make money. So Britt Baker, they had a montage of her talking about being a role model, uh, yeah. which I just realized on this video that on that wheelchair, it said oh role model, like R-O-L-L, like the rolling wheels of the wheelchair. I was like, oh, I didn't even catch that. I just thought it said role model, like R-O-L-E, yeah. but uh, there was that. And then she's got an issue with Big Swole and her attitude. Now she's got this whole contraption at the side of the ring that she sits on. And it's just this big, extravagant seat that she's sitting on, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, Britt Baker's just finding a way to stay relevant, which I think is awesome. Yeah, man, I thought it was funny as well. Like they're with they're showing the whole montage video, and she's like on a football field or something, and training with the with the oh uh, yeah, with the assistant. Yeah, like this maybe this five pound weight, you know, <laughs> on the tail end, and she's having trouble, you know, uh, wheeling the wheelchair because of the five pound weight, and her and her assistant Rebel lifts up the five point <laughs> five pound weight. <laughs> unbeknownst, to, unbeknownst to her, so she just then, then she finally starts to wheel the chair forward. I, I thought that was hilarious, bro. It was, it was just the, that video. It was great, great storytelling, um, you know, and and it just plays into so much of what we're talking about. Just these little vignettes, these little story beats, just to help keep story going for everybody. I mean, they're they're just so good at that. So great job by them on that one. Um, we had best friends. Uh, with Orange Cassidy, go against Proud and Powerful with Jake Hager. And yeah, at the end, Orange Cassidy, it must be the strongest roll-up pin ever that he's pulling off. Because literally, it's it's a finisher, and it's a protected finisher at this point. Because every time he's locked in, I feel like he's gotten a win that I've seen. So, you know, shout-out to Orange Cassidy with this trap you know, rolling this trap pinning uh, thing that he does. I don't even know what it's called, but it needs a it needs a name if it doesn't have one. But um, he definitely did not get out of there unscathed, though. None of the best friends did. Um, Jericho, who was doing commentary, which was awesome, by the way. It's great to hear Jericho in commentary. It's what the people wanted. I do believe him when he said that, that the people were clamoring for Jericho on the mic again on commentary. I'm one of those people. So, yes, absolutely. I want yeah, Jericho. Me too. Myself included as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, he came down there with the bat, which, what's the name of the bat again? Floyd. Floyd. There we go. Came down there with the bat and helped uh, his his inner circle brothers basically, you know, get their revenge after they lost that matchup. Then they brought out a bag of oranges, blood oranges, had had them in a sack and just proceeded to whip uh, Orange Cassidy with the blood oranges. I think he took about three hits with the blood orange sack or whatever. And this is like a gigantic sack, maybe. And they were saying maybe a 20 pound. 20 pound bag. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It was 20 pounds and just hit him with that, then dumped the oranges on him and was squeezing the oranges out on him and just trying to make a mockery and embarrass the hell out of him. And then what did Jericho said? He said uh, Darby Allen or Orange. No, he said Orange Cassidy has been not squeezed. He said something else. Forget the term that he used when he when he did this. It was some kind of orange reference there, it too. Was. You just been juiced. Juiced. That's what it was. You just been juiced. I was like, oh my god, Jericho. Only Jericho could get away with that. Only Jericho. Anybody else says that, I'm like, you better stop. <laughs> You're trying too hard. But Jericho, I'm like, yeah, that, that fits. That's right. 
So, yeah, man, just, um, you know, Orange Cassidy. I mean, he looked great in the matchup. He's a superstar. But Jericho came out, put him in his place. And, yeah, they, the, the inner circle stood tall after this matchup. Yeah, yeah, man. It was a definitely fun match. I enjoyed the the shenanigans after, you know, Jericho just putting a stamp of why he is the 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 way he is, beating his ass with a sack of oranges, proving a point. <laughs> 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 it was fun, man, so I got a kicked out of it. Oh man. Um Yeah, they was all squeezing juices all, all squeezing of, the all of them. Yep. All over. Yep. <laughs> They went to commercial too, and they were still, you know, putting, still squeezing the oranges out on them, the blood yeah. oranges. So yeah. Oh man. Blood orange Cassidy. Now, well, we'll see what happens next week. I think they got a matchup coming up between the two factions again. So we'll see. Um, we've we had MJF and Billy Gunn kind of go at it a little bit. MJF was talking about it's a travesty that he's been ranked number one and yet he's not gotten a title shot in a while. Um, actually, I don't think ever. I don't think he's ever had a title shot while he's been in AEW. And uh, he said it's been a year since he's been undefeated. There you go. So, so he has a point. He definitely has a point. Like for him to be ranked number one, it makes a mockery of the rankings. Really, if the number one guy isn't going to get a title shot, so you know what's the point of even having it if he's not going to get it? So, you know, Cody is uh, maybe abusing his power a little bit, making sure that MJF doesn't get a title shot. I mean, it, that's that's the only thing it could be. It could bring that to the you know bring that to the light. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We'll so. see. So that was interesting. I thought MJF just had a great point there, you know, and Billy Gunn tried to jump in and make a joke. And MJF just shut that down immediately. Talk crap about his sons, which I didn't even know he had two sons. There's Me either. I thought it was just the one. Right, right. But then I saw the other dude. I'm like, wait, you're his son, too? What's going on? Yeah. All right. Where you been? At? <laughs> <laughs> like you said, man, MJF. Right. Was- like he's the more quieter version of, yeah. uh, uh, of uh, Billy Gunn's son because the one we've seen yeah. has been just as you know loud, charismatic. He's always. exactly his dad. He's, exactly, he's exactly. exactly. Yeah. And then this guy comes from the background. I'm like, hey, who is this guy? Right. Is it extra or something? Right. No, this, <laughs> another one. <laughs> right, that's his son. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why. I just thought of like the third Hemsworth. You know, it's like there's the Hemsworth brothers. He, he kind of feels like that, you know, where it's like, wait, you are, you're a Hemsworth too? Like, yeah. man, this is just so funny. Um, but yeah, man, it was, it was a cool segment. Again, another small segment that really just was really entertaining. I truly enjoyed that. Um, Sammy Guevara and Colt Cabana. So this match was really about Colt Cabana and just how he's kind of falling apart at the seams. Sammy Guevara, you know, had a great match, uh, with them and took advantage of Colt Cabana slipping on the turnbuckle, um, ended up uh, executing the, what well, was basically it's the GTS that he's been using, right? Is that, that go to sleep, um, got the pinfall victory. Uh, then we had dark order kind of show up the entire dark order. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> first, yes. So for the first time we had them all there, even when it was Stu Grayson, Brody Lee, all of them stood tall with, with a couple of the creepers were there. Brody Lee offered his hand out to Cabana. Uh, Cabana got up, but they were no words shared. Now, of course, on the stage, everyone that watches AEW knows there's two uh, tunnels, right? There's one to the right and one to the left. Dark Order went through, I believe it was the one to the left. And then Cabana was standing there in the middle looking at the two door, looking at the two tunnels. And he went to the left. So symbolically saying he's following the Dark Order. 
So, um, you know, it just seems like that's where it's going. Later on in the show, we there was uh, one of the interviewers trying to follow him, see what was on his mind, what's he thinking. He, he, we see him knocking on the door of the Dark Order. He, you know, he's like, leave me alone to the, to the interviewer. And he walks in, the door closes, and that's it. So, do we believe that Colt Cabana is actually going to join the Dark Order? I don't know, man. Maybe. Is he ready to drop that comedy yet? Because that's that's what he have to do, and then you get a little bit more serious. I think that would be another layer for his character. Uh, I I think that would be great for him, man. Uh, now, and this is another example of these sub stories, man, for people to don't get that much TV time, but yet they when they do get the TV time and they get these little small stories, it adds to their character. And this is another prime example for of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he should join the Dark Order. I think he, you know, just just. For all the reasons that you just said, you know, like it would just be good for for Hulk Cabana to change it up a little bit and show us a different side. We've seen the comedy act, but, um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like it works. He's very good at it, but I'm also not you know, super excited to see him currently. So, you know, I think changing it up, it could make his character a little bit more fresh and more interesting. And, and I'll, I'll be curious to see the change in Hulk Cabana and how he, he decides to play this out so yeah i'm definitely down for for a change for him um so yeah man so that happened and then we had uh sammy guevara was still in the ring as cole cabana left and sammy guevara was talking about hey this is about me yeah let that fat idiot go away you know i beat him this is about me it's about me and then we had matt hardy come out matt hardy you know coming out you know obviously sammy guevara felt a certain type of way about it he's like whoa whoa what are you doing here you know and you tried to kill me a couple times and matt hardy was like hey you know just i just want you to know that i got no problem with you i actually think you're the future of this company you're great you're talented but one thing one piece of advice trust me on this you got to get rid of chris jericho he's holding you back you will never reach your potential unless until you separate yourself from chris jericho mm. um so i mean which I, I, there's there's truth. There was like hesitation on his um uh, from Sari, sammy cabari like you saw him think about he thought about that like he, for a couple of seconds for like a half second but then he reminded everyone that this guy tried right. to kill him and so how's he supposed to yeah. trust someone who tried to kill him so you know it, it's interesting and it kind of plants the seed for future you know Sammy deciding he wants more for himself and feeling like Chris Jericho is holding him back. I think we're a far way away from that yeah, or the split. Yeah, um, I, I'm not ready to see him leave that group yet. I think this Either, is great man. for Sammy, you know. So yeah, but I thought it was a, it was nice on Matt Hardy's part to to give it to him real. And we, you can look back at this even if it's a year from now. They could pull up this video and say Matt Hardy tried to tell him, and look what happened. So. Yeah, so I, yeah, man, I think that's a good point, man. Uh, yeah, with Sammy Guevara, uh, he does have untapped potential, and I think we we're just on the surface of it before we get really in deep. And I'm glad he got the win, but I need to. He needs more wins, though, man, to be, be to be taken seriously, to be more of a, a threat. Because right now, I can't even see him as a as a you know second man. Like this is your second in command. He needs to act like it, though. Right. You know, I, I, I agree. I feel like Jericho treats him that way, but he's just kind of not not there. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of split between all of them, really. Like, there's not a there's not a clear number two. You know, Jake Hager, mm-hmm. I think, has the presence 
of okay, he's that guy, and and later on in the show, you kind of get that that sense about him again, which we'll talk about here in a second. But um, yeah, I think Sammy Sammy needs more wins, man, because he definitely is the future for for this company as well as for the inner circle. So you know him him uh, winning more, it, it's it's a needed thing. I hope they they start turning around because it's been funny seeing some of the things that's happened to him, seeing uh, Matt Hardy, you know, and Kenny Omega run him down with a golf cart, and then again in the, the oh, Stampede man. match. But you know, at a certain point, you got to start stringing together some wins and, and yeah. to really build them up. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, man, shout out to Sammy Guevara. I don't know if you've seen these memes of called Sammy Run Sammy. So it's him running, and then he has, like, certain backgrounds. I think the one I've seen was the, uh, the Indiana Jones with the Temple of Doom with the ball <laughs> coming in. That's <laughs> funny. running. Oh, so it's, yeah, he's been using various uh, backgrounds. That's the latest one I remember, though, the more recent one I remember, though. It's been hilarious, though, man. That's great. That's great. That's that's just perfect. Oh, man, I got to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we talked a little bit about Joy Janela and how he was drinking in the bar, and then he got picked up by Sonny Kiss, who's just was like, hey, just, just get in this car. Just what are you doing? You know, and then to be continued. So we'll see where that story continues off from. Um, we saw John Moxley and Taz get into it in the parking lot. Um, John Moxley came to, well, he, he never really got to the arena. He was in the parking lot the whole time. And he was talking to uh, one of the, I think is Alex Marvez, um, who uh, was, was, he was basically telling him he's a, in a bad mood because, you know, he keeps hearing on social media, Taz, you know, just kind of talking smack and he can't keep his name out of his mouth and keeps saying how he's going to lose in this matchup at Fighter Fest against, uh, what's his name, Brian Cage. And, um, you know, he just, he, he's just pissed. And then Taz comes out and he's, uh, you know, I'm in my trailer and I got to hear you chirping and, blah, blah, you know, and they're just, you know, nose to nose, you know, screaming at each other. And then out the background, oh you just see Brian Cage darting towards the, oh <laughs> the John Moxley, which was terrifying to see, Mac man. Truck. Yeah, it's just <laughs> massive dude, just full sprint at, at John Moxley, clotheslines him, takes him down. Uh, they brawl. They he throws him into a car uh, a couple of times. A couple of times, yeah. Taz was, <laughs> yeah. Taz was like, you know, we're done. No more. You know, we've we've sent our message. And Brian Cage about to walk away. And then he's like, Nah, I'm not done. Ah. Picks him up, throws him through the front windshield. Taz is like, No, no. <laughs> and then he Come just, on, man. Let's get out. Let's out. Right. Let's get out of here. And yeah, just left him laying there, basically, just just half conscious. So. You know, sending a message. I thought that was cool. They need to do more of that with Brian Cage, I think, to sell him. Because I'm still not sold on him completely. Because I don't have the same history that a lot of people would have with, that have watched Impact. I, do. I didn't watch him on Impact. But I, I got I watched him when I was watching uh, Underground. Uh, what was that? Underground Lucha or Lucha Underground? Okay. Yeah, Lucha Underground. That's when I heard about. That's where I saw Brian Cage. Because I wasn't more of an Impact uh, Impact Wrestling fan, but I was more of a Lucha Underground fan, and that's when I got first win of Brian Cage, and I saw how this massive dude was moving like a damn cruiserweight. <laughs> you know, all these muscles. How can you be that flexible, bro? That that doesn't make sense. That's defying the laws of physics to me. But here he is, man. You know, just moving quick and agile. So yeah, yeah, man. He's he's a definitely a talented guy. And pairing him with Taz to be the mouthpiece, I think, is a good idea, you know, at least for now, just to get him started. Um, and, yeah, like I said, more more of this, I think, for for the people like me who haven't seen him in, in, in Lucha Underground and in Impact, you know, just so we get to a sense of 
him being that monster, this was helpful. You know, this this helped sell him and sell me on the idea that, yeah, he's a problem for for John Moxley. So really enjoyed the segment here. So um, when he debuted on All Out when he was the Joker. You you didn't mark out when he debuted on All Out as the Joker. Oh, it as was the, the the what was it Battle Royale? Oh yeah, yeah. When you said the Joker. Joker, I was like, did I miss something? Did he oh, like no, put no. on face paint and was like <laughs> the Joker? That would have been badass, man. Why did I miss that? <laughs> um, you mean that last participant, right? That yeah, last guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't mark out because I, I didn't know who he was. I was actually hoping it was somebody. Um, you know, from like one of the released wrestlers from WWE. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, Maybe okay, Rusev, that would be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, when it happened, I was like, Brian. K- okay, I, I'm no, I'm supposed to know him, and I think he was on Impact, but I, I had, I wasn't really sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I wasn't totally there. But you know, I, I'm, I'm into it now. I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool to, to, to what he's doing, and you know, this helped. Yeah, yeah, man. So. I, I, obviously, you know, I have more of a background history of Brian K. So I, when I saw him, I, I freaking marked out. I was like, oh, my God, the machine. And they even said that, too, because I remember that, uh, you know, that's what he's called. And, dude, that dude was a beast just showing that he was very, uh, very enforceful in that uh, in that match. But seeing him now whooping John Moxley ass like that, just destroying him, proving a point. I, I'm liking this, man. Yeah, man. And then we had the main event. Cody Rhodes versus Mark Quinn for the TNT shots, Championship. Shots, shots, yeah, man. Shots. Well, break this one down for us, man. What'd you think of this matchup? Oh, bro, I loved it, man. Uh, you know, you know, shout out to Cody Rhodes too, but more shout outs to Mark Quinn, you know, showing him, giving him that limelight in the singles division, and you know, him coming out with this creative, innovative, you know, wrestling. I saw some couple of moves that was just kind of like he did like a corkscrew DDT or something like that. That just, it was just mind-blowing. I was like, what the hell was that? Even the commentary was like, whoa, i never seen anything like that. I'm like, me too. So he was coming up with some creative moves, man. You know, and I love his selling as well. I think he excelled in the selling. And, you know, not not more of these young wrestlers. I see don't focus much on that. But he took that to heart. He was definitely selling his ankle or his knee throughout the whole match. And you saw Cody take advantage of that, man. And that was most the reasons why uh, he took that L. But it made sense, man. I love the match. Yeah, love the match. Um, love the concept where you're giving uh, guys like Jungle Boy and Mark Quinn an opportunity to shine, you know, for this TNT Championship uh, Open Challenge that they're doing. Um, just this whole concept I'm a big fan of. And letting Mark Quinn get that spotlight in the main event like that against a guy like Cody, you know, is just invaluable, man. It's just so great for him to be able to showcase the skills, like you said, showcasing and selling. Um, just a phenomenal uh, segment, really, to, to end the show. I mean, we had one more thing happen before the yeah. true end of the show, yeah. but... But um, right here, this matchup in and of itself was just a great showcase for both of them. But like you said, Mark Quinn definitely was was the biggest uh, uh, showcase of them all for this. Just to be, for us to be able to see more of him and have him highlighted like this was awesome. Um, so great, great uh, main event matchup. After the matchup, um, Jake Hager showed up. You know, he showed up and he basically right away. I was like, OK, he wants a shot. He wants a shot. But then. You know, he got in there. He tried to choke out Arn Anderson, it looked like, put his hands on him. I'm like, ooh, Arn's old, man. I don't know. Like, careful with him. Careful, you know. And then Cody, you know, went right at him, and they were going back and forth. And then Private Party came out. Uh, Matt Hardy came out, which, funny, too, should mention, uh, you know, like like I said, Matt Hardy 
uh, being there, you know, that was pretty funny. So he's like the mentor of these guys? I now? guess. I guess yeah. so, you know. So, um, oh, and also, too, I think I didn't mention this, but earlier on with Sammy Guevara, Matt Hardy went through three personalities during that whole <laughs> segment. He, he, like, would dip his head down, kind of, like, shake his head, and then he would come up and he'd be a totally different person. I mean, he had the same getup on, but his, his, his cadence changed. You know, he was given Mattitude facts at one point. Uh, you know, he was old school Matt, I guess, first, who actually, that's the one that's cool with Matt. Yep. And, you know, the Mattitude facts one is all right with him, too, I guess. But then Damascus hates him. Not Damascus. Yeah, no. Damascus hates him. He wants. I would delete you. Yeah, he wants to eat him and or and or delete him. It's it's just those are the two things he said. So yeah, just had to throw that out there. But yeah, Matt was out there. I guess as a mentor for Private Party, Uh, came back out uh, when Cody was getting getting jumped, and so you know just to back him up because the inner circle ended up showing up. Or basically was uh, Santana, Ortiz, um, Guevara. They were all out there with Hager. And then, yeah, it was a full-out brawl. Uh, by the end of it, Cody grabbed the mic. He's like, okay, big man, I see what you want, Jake Hager. You want, you want a shot? You want a shot at the TNT uh, championship at Fighter? You know, you got it. You know, basically, it's going to be them fighting for the TNT championship at Fighter Fest. I am, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this matchup. I, I, I want to be excited for the match. But having that match that we did between Jake Hager and, and John Moxley just left such a bad taste in my mouth that I'm like, I just, I'm worried that it'll be like that match was. Well, you understand. Yep. So, you know, that's just <laughs> where I'm at. I'm like, oh, this feels like it should be cool, but it's not. At least yeah. not yet. Uh, yeah. But when, when, when Cody said, I know what you want. I know what you want. <laughs> you know, TNT Championship. I was like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, and hey, this is this is an opportunity for Jake Hager to, you know, kind of redeem himself a little bit for, you know, how boring that matchup was. Hopefully, you know, they figure out and they're brutally honest with each other and say, hey, yeah, no, that match didn't work. We've got to, you know, fix some things and change some things. And the way we booked that mat this matchup to so that we don't repeat the same mistakes. Um, so we'll see, man. We'll see. Hopefully he does. He, he is able to do that. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see if. So hold on. So let me get this straight. So they're setting this match up for Fighter Fest, but what about next week's show? Oh, I, I'm sure. From what Cody's been saying, he's going to defend it every week. But if he's still champion, that that'll be the story. Now, if he's still champion, they'll have the match, which he will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. It's almost a spoiler now for any match that he has that he's not going to lose any of these matches coming up, you know, until potentially Fighter Fest. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Maybe just to hold on to that. Yeah. You know, maybe when we get close one week out and then, okay, I know what you want. And then it would have made sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely spoiler alert right here. Exactly. But, you know, they they're trying to build it up. You know, I guess it, it's it's this month. I want to say Fighter Fest is July. July oh, it's 1st. in July. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing two weeks, two week. Uh, so it will be one week and then the following week it will be the second night. OK. All right. I mean, you know, it'll it'll be a fun show in the two week um, format. I'm curious to see how they're going to do that, how many matches they're going to have. Um, I wish it was back to back nights versus a whole two a whole week you would have to wait, you know, before you saw the the next part of Fighter Fest. 
But, you know, it, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. It'll be entertaining. It's AEW, so I'll be looking forward to it. I'll be watching, definitely. Yeah, man, same here. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be lights out crazy. So, uh, But two, uh, for a two-week format, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the, the upper echelon of their uh, pay-per-view right here. Or oh, their free pay-per-view now. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, like I said, I'm, I am looking forward to it. Um, I think they're they're building some of these matches really nicely, you know, with John Moxley and Brian Cage, uh, tag team championship opportunity. I think for best friends um, going against Omega and Page, um, I'm sure we'll get the women's title. I think all of the I think they said all the belts are going to be on the line. By the way, at Fighter yep, Fest, so did. that'll be yeah. Yep. yeah. So yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the build up, and and uh, I guess July. You know, we have a while. We have a while until that happens. So it'll be a fun man. ride. We got a couple of weeks. Yep, yep, definitely. So that is pretty much all of AEW Dynamite. Um, anything we missed or any final thoughts? I guess on on the show. Uh, like like I said before in the you know first segment, you know I believe the AEW is ever since All Out, they've just been on all in sync, just firing all on cylinders great stories even the subsidiary stories are great uh you know shining a light on the smaller characters which i love you're not forgetting about you know the smaller characters that you like like joey janela uh so i I like that man yeah i mean uh for me tag team wrestling tag team wrestling tag team wrestling you know they are really you know firing on all cylinders when it comes to tag team wrestling anyone to cftr be on and added to the division it's just again an embarrassment of riches like it's just crazy how much talent they have now it's going to be you know how do you balance all of that talent and kind of give everybody enough room to shine um, do they add that second show? Do they add more time? You know, I'm curious to see how they continue to grow and evolve, you know, and not just for the tag team division, but for the for the as a company overall. They're just there's they they have so much talent. And to this point, I think they've done a very good job of showcasing everybody. And it's only going to get harder and harder as they continue to get more popular because more and more people are going to want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm. I'm excited for the future. This this show, it kind of, you know, in my head just made me really excited for the future of AEW because they they are growing. They are growing. It's inevitable. So now it's just about where we go from here. Um, and then in the immediate future for Fighter Fest, you know, being uh, almost like a, you know, a, a championship showcase, all the champions, you know, at that at that show, all defending their titles. Really excited for that. Um, it, it's going to be a fun ride. It's definitely going to be a fun ride. I can't wait. Um, but before we get out of here, Devin, why don't you tell the people where they can hear us? Oh, yes, 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 all the time. First of all, you can always follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page, too. We got a Facebook page where I was notified, you know, where our new episodes are going to drop. And we got a little, you know, news and tidbits on there as well. And we're always most active on Twitter as well. That is Clark underscore wrestling. Hit the follow, follow us. And you get notified when we drop new episodes over there as well. And you can always listen to us on the most popular podcast apps. You know, if you got Apple, if you got Google, you got Spotify, pretty much whatever popular app you listen to, just search for Clark Street Wrestling. You find us, listen, listen to us. We got a library of catalog of episodes. Absolutely. And with that said, that is going to do it for this episode. So for Devin, I'm Hafiz. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.